Amen. Matthew chapter 7, and let's read verse 7 and then verse 8. It says this, and this is, uh, we're starting a new series today. It says this, this is the first word of the verse. It is the theme for our whole series for the month of February, and it is simply the one word, ask. Ask, the scripture says, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Speak to us today, and God, help us to respond to what we hear from your word today. And God, we will give you the praise and glory for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing, and you may be seated. You know, we don't talk about it a whole lot because most of us, uh, we shy away from this. And most of us here, if we were to be very honest, we would admit that we feel at least a little, maybe a lot insecure about our prayer life. And I know that uh, it's kind of weird uh, for the preacher to be talking about being insecure <laughs> But I'll be honest, if you ask me, there are days when I feel insecure about my prayer life. And, and so my goal with this series is not for uh, us to shame you into praying and to fasting more, but I want to encourage you over the next few weeks to see the benefits, the true benefits that come when we focus on God more than we focus on our problems and, and on the cares of this life. Amen. There is a benefit to looking to God. The scripture says that we can look to the hills from whence cometh our help. Amen. Our help comes from the Lord. Amen. And I realize as I even, you know, sometimes you think about how, how are we going to get there? How are we going to, to do this? Prayer can be both, I think, the most vital, but also the most perplexing activity in our spiritual lives. Uh, we, we don't know, we don't understand it like we want to. And it, it's the lifeline, but it's also the life mystery for us as believers. And we know that we need to pray, right? How many of you know you need to pray? But I don't know if you're like me. I don't feel like I've ever prayed enough. I mean, honestly, a preacher, somebody I hear talking about prayer, I'm like, oh, God, I need to pray more, you know? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so I want to kind of help us because, you know, even when we do pray, sometimes we don't feel like we're doing it right. <laughs> you know, should I even be asking God for this? Should I still be asking God for this? Do, do I even understand what I truly need? And this is kind of the, the hard uh, the question for us to, to look into and, and say, you know, uh, well, how's your prayer life? Anybody ever heard that? How's your prayer life going? You know, it, when somebody's not doing well spiritually, that's the first thing I like to ask. How's your prayer life doing? You know, because if you don't have prayer life, you, you're probably struggling spiritually. But I think that question kind of uh, shortchanges us. And so I want you to know this. I want you to know that whether you are married or you are single, whether you're a student or you're an employee, if you're young or if you're old, I want you to understand one concept, and that is your life can run on the power of prayer. Your life, if you'll, if you'll tune into this, your life can actually be fueled by prayer because prayer is the engine that fuels our hearts and our minds. And I know some of you are like, well, it's coffee for me. No, it's not coffee 
And it's not, as much as I love it, it's not pizza, it's not Instagram or Facebook. It's prayer. Amen? We've got to pray. We've got to communicate with God. And when we pray, what we are actually doing is we are showing that we need God more than we need anything else. When you take the time to pray and you acknowledge God in your prayer, you're saying, God, I need you more than I need whatever it is that you could have been doing. And so uh, that's why the devil makes it so difficult. That's why even in this service right now, your flesh is saying, oh, here we go, another message on prayer. Because the devil wants you to tune out. He does not want you to lock into the power of prayer in your life. He does not want you to understand the connection that you can have with God. He definitely does not want you to be in sync with what God has in plan for your life. Amen. I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I think the devil makes it so complicated for us. And, and we can never pray the right way. We can never pray the right prayers. And, and, and even when we do pray, it's like we've not prayed enough. And so we, we, we feel guilty. And he tries to guilt us into, you know, feeling so bad we won't even pray. Does that make any sense? Some of you like, you, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Why, why even pray? I mean, I didn't pray yesterday. Why even pray today? God's probably mad at me or something. See, I'm, I'm in some of y'all's living room right now. How did you know, Pastor? Because I'm human. And the devil works on me the same way he does on you. And in fact, I put my pants on the way some of you put your pants on. I don't know, some of you, you special, and, and I can't keep up. But I'm human. I'm just like you. In many ways, the devil will like to complicate and overcomplicate our prayer. But here's the thing, if we can't do anything, and I believe this, we can't do anything of real and lasting value without God. So we cannot try to even attempt anything of real and lasting value until we've prayed. Until we've said, God, what do you want? What is your desire? What is your plan for this? And so in, a, in an effort to help us, because I don't want to, you know, tell you what to do and not share with you how to do it, right? I, I want to simplify this. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, he's going to simplify prayer. I don't know if it can be simplified, but I'm going to do my best, okay? I'm going to simplify it as much as I can. So what is prayer? I asked somebody that several years ago, and, and I believe it was Mariana. She said, it's talking to God. I think it was you. Maybe it wasn't you, but I'm just going to use you for an example. Uh, so it said, it's talking to God. And I said, well, it's, it's, it is talking to God, but it's more than that. It's actually communicating with God. Do you remember that? Do you remember when we don't remember that? That's been a long time ago. You were in our 13-week membership class. You remember that? Yeah, you remember that? I remember, see? I got you. And we, we were talking about prayer, and, and there were some people that said, it's talking to God. And I said, yes, it's talking to God, but it's more than that. It's, it's communicating with God. And, and the reason why I say it's communicating God, because it is conscious, personal communion with God. That's what it is. It's having a conversation with God. Most times when people uh, want to know how to pray, they immediately go to the Scripture, and they'll, they'll say, let's look at the Lord's Prayer, right? That's what they say, let's look at the Lord's Prayer. And, and you know, that's a great place to start, because that's where the disciples asked Jesus. They were like, teach us, Master, teach us to pray. And so he said, okay, after this man of prayer. So that's where everybody else starts. That's not where I'm starting, okay? 
I'm starting. This is the last message of the series. I'm going to preach it first, if that's okay. I'm just doing that to mess Brother Cooper up. Uh, so the, the whole reason, though, that we, we go to there is because that's kind of where we understand some of the, the principles for praying. And, and I could go through those principles, and you've probably already heard them at least 50 times. But I want to start because the, the Word of God has so much more material about communicating and connecting with God. And so I want to focus on that. We may get to the other, but, but let's focus on, on true prayer and true communication with God. Because real communication is raw. Anybody ever heard that? People, are, people I don't know if people say that. Maybe I'm out of the loop. Uh, I, it very well could be. But like when somebody's explaining something, they say, oh, that's just so raw. What they mean is it's like real. You're just open, transparent. You're not trying to put on any facades. Does that make sense now? We're all on the same page because I said raw and so you're like, like a vegetable? Yeah, yeah, kind of, after it's been peeled. But uh, basically, when, when we're being real, we're being raw with God, we are partaking in communication because communication takes real work. Amen? And we find real answers when we, when we participate with a real God. And so prayer happens in, in seconds. It's, it's got all kinds of shapes and forms in our life. Uh, you, can, you can pray in many different ways, but it, it really happens all throughout our day in the short moments and the, the cracks of our day. It can happen for hours at a time. It can happen all night long. And so you're like, whoo. Yes, I've had, we've had some all-night prayer meetings. Anybody ever been to an all-night prayer meeting? Oh, man, look at that. Only about half of us. Maybe we should, we should have an all-night prayer meeting. Wouldn't that be great? Then we'd be like, Ugh. When we pray, you know what we're doing? We are having a conscious, personal time of communication with the God of the universe. Now, let that settle in. The God who created, I mean, he literally, like, he spoke and worlds just formed. He, he said, let there be like, out of the darkness comes light. I mean, that's who we get to communicate with. That, that, should, that alone should just blow your mind, you know? You should just be like, whoa, really? I get to talk? Are you kidding me? That's awesome. But we don't even think about it sometimes. We just kind of, well, you know, that's nice. And, and so the question is not, how is your prayer life? I think this is the question, okay? This is the question for me. Are you enjoying conscious communication with God? When was the last time that you had good conscious communication with God? I mean, where you felt God speaking to you and you felt like you connected to God because what the devil's trying to do, he's trying to isolate you to where you're not talking to God and he's not talking to you. He, he would like nothing more than for you to go sit over in the corner and feel sorry for yourself and, and not pray and not talk to God. I mean, he, he loves it when we have pity parties. He shows up. And so when we sit down and have a conscious communication with God, we can do this over his word. We, we do this about our daily needs. And, and we don't just do that about our daily needs, but we can do it all throughout our day. You can have a conversation with him about anything. You know, I wonder if our lives wouldn't be much better if we would consult God before we said and did some things. Before we actually made some of the moves that we make and then we look back, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done it. Don't you wish you would have just prayed before you did that? Don't you think God would have said, hey, don't do that. That's not, that's not bright. You will not be happy after you do that. 
right? But we, we just kind of like, no, we're going to do our own thing. And, you know, if I make a mistake, I can have, I've got grace and I can come back and have forgiveness. And, but why go through the pain and the hurt that all of our, I was going to say stupidness, but stupid is not a nice word, all of our uh, ignorance brings. In our ignorance, we take God off of the throne of our lives and we put ourselves on the throne of our lives thinking that we know what's best and we've got it all figured out and God's saying, look, if you would just talk to me, I would let you know that's not the right path for you or that's not a good way for you to go. But we we don't want to hear that, so we tune him out and we just go ahead and do whatever we want to because we know we got grace and we can come back later. Well, that wasn't all in my notes. Sometimes we, we have a relationship with God, but it's not a real relationship. I have, uh, I, and I'm not, this is not to be boastful, but I have over 2,000 friends on Facebook. I have over 2,000 friends. It is, not, it is not possible to have over 2,000 friends. It's just not possible. Like, I mean, I know a lot of people, and there's a lot of people that know me, but every once in a while, I'm like, who is that person? I don't even remember meeting them. And maybe it's just because I'm getting old. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, sometimes I forget people I've even met. And I don't have a real close relationship. I wouldn't even say that in person I could call them a friend. But yet every once in a while, they walk up to me and they're like, hey, we're friends on Facebook. I'm like, I don't even recognize you. You don't look anything like your Facebook pictures. I <laughs> wonder why that is. Maybe because you Photoshop and filter and anyways. And I wonder sometimes, though, uh, how that correlates to my relationship with God. Am I just his Facebook friend? Or do we really talk a lot? Because I have some friends that we talk a lot and like, my wife, she'll tell, she'll tell you, sometimes I have to take them off speakerphone. Like as soon as they, they come on the speakerphone and it's like, uh-oh, I better shut that off because... That's that one friend, you know. <laughs> what, are you, what, are you, what are you projecting when you have a conversation with God? Are you close enough that you can say stuff and there, there's no explanation needed? Or do you have that kind of relationship that is real and raw with him that it's not just a box that you check or, or a hurried call for help or just some vague abstract idea of some grand uh, image of God that hovers over your head in your life? No, are you, are you close to him? Do you have a relationship with him that you guys can say just about anything to each other? That's, that's real, that's raw, and that's where he wants our prayer life to be. That's where he wants our relationship to be. And, and, and I, I know that there are people in my life that I have uh, become their friend, and they're my good friend, and I can say about anything to them, and they can say just about anything to me. But whatever they say to me, it always makes me think. It always makes me uh, maybe uh, reevaluate what I'm doing or reevaluate how I'm doing something. And and, and I I like having people in my life that that I'm close to. But I wonder if we have traded some of the closeness that we're supposed to have with God for having closeness with people. And, And he's like, I want you to depend on me. I don't want you to depend on these people. I want you to depend on me. I I want to speak to you. I want you to hear from me. Amen. So is your faith connecting you to him? Are you you staying close to him because you trust him and you, you lean on him and you don't lean on yourself?
That's hard for us control freaks. Because we like to control everything. And we will manipulate it until it is just like we want it. And he's like, um, where do I fit in? Oh, I got a spot for you over here on Tuesday at 3.15, God. That's, and then Sunday I will see you at 10 and also Wednesday night at 7. Right? No, he, he's like, no, I want to be able to call you anytime. I want to be able to, you know, I, I've got some friends that I can call them, and I, it's almost weird if they don't pick up the phone. You know what I'm talking about? You've got, you got a friend like that or maybe a family member. It's weird if they don't pick up the phone. And then I have some friends, and I'm just, I'm going to put them on blast. If you're watching on Facebook, I'm sorry. I'm putting you on blast. I'm not going to call your name. But every time I call you, it's, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. Every time I get a text, and then like four days later, it's like, oh, now you have time for me. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that whenever I call on him, I never get a, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm like, um, well, what if it's urgent? You know, that's what I want to text them back. But what if it's urgent? What if this is an emergency? Could you talk then? I'm sorry. I'm, that's why I don't have very many friends. But God never puts me on hold. He never texts me back. I'm too busy right now. I can't talk. I'm sorry. I'm in a meeting. I, I have other things to do. No, God is always available. Amen. The scripture says he's as close as the mention of his name. I can be driving down the car. Amen. And, and something hits me and I can just call out to him and say, Jesus, I need you. I need an answer today. I need you to speak to me. Amen. Sometimes what we need to do is we need to shut off all the noise. Man, anybody ever been to a, a noisy place where you're trying to have a conversation? You know, there's, as, as I get older, I put it on the men today, I'll put it on myself. But as I get older, I, I like going to restaurants where I, I can actually have a conversation. And sometimes it's like, <clears throat> it's so loud. And, and people are talking all around you and the plates are banging and it's just, it's so noisy, you know? Oh, and I'm like, you know, and then when you go to the coffee shop, it's like, don't sit right by the espresso maker because it's like, and you're trying to have a conversation. And like, why even have a coffee house? We can't hear each other. We need our personal speakers or something. But it's hard to have a conversation when you're, when you're surrounded. You, you know, I went to, I took Ashton last year, uh, this past year, I took him to Dave and Buster's. Anybody ever been to Dave and Buster's? You know what Oh my goodness, it's so loud in there. Like all the, it's like they, they went around to all the different games and they turn them up as loud as they go, let's, let's see how this works. And they turn them all up and you walk past and some of them are like, you know, moving you with the bass and the other ones are like, and you're just walking in. You can, like, I had to tell him three times, I'm going to the bathroom. He's like, what? I'm going to the bathroom. He's like, what? You know, I got to go. It's hard. It's hard to have a conversation with all the noise. And our world has produced so much media and so much hype. There's so much stuff going on. And, 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 and I've, I've said it before, but, man, there are, there are days when I can't get through 10 minutes of my day without my watch 
alerting me, without my phone alerting me, and, and this notification and that notification, and, and it's like, oh my goodness, I got all these things that are popping up, and this just went live, and this just happened, and what do you think about this, and would you take this poll, and could you complete this survey, and, and I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm not, I'm not even talking about the really bad stuff, like the stuff that, you know, kind of uh, we, we watch sometimes and we shouldn't watch because it has a lot of things in it that push us further away from God. They don't draw us close. I'm not even talking about that kind of media. That's there too, okay? And if you're struggling with that, if you're struggling with noise, first thing you need to do is cut out everything in your life that is keeping you from getting closer to God, that would have any influence on you whatsoever, music, uh, television, Netflix, whatever it is, and just shut it off. Real popular. Makes you real excited. Makes you want to shout hallelujah when I say stuff like that, right? Turn all that garbage off, right? And you're like, whoa, yeah, whoa, wait, what? My, my show? You want me to stop? Watch, well, oh, I don't know. I can still get to heaven and watch my show. Can't I? I don't know. I don't know if you, if you, can't hear from God anymore, and your show has kind of taken over, then maybe it's your show that needs to be shut down for a little bit. If you're not feeling close to God and, and you got a lot of distractions in your life, well, why don't you take a day away from the phone? I know you'll have withdrawals. I get it. Uh, you know, why don't you just try an hour at a time and then see how that goes? Or just try walking from one place to another without looking at your phone. See if you can do that. I mean, let's Start off baby steps, okay? Y'all are laughing, but you know I am right, right there. I, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be crazy. I don't want to be too radical and, and, and offend you in any way. But you say, how in the world, Pastor, am I going to be able to s shut some of these things down? I mean, I've turned almost all the notifications off on my phone. Good for you. I mean, one of the very first ones you should have already turned off was Facebook because I promise you, like, there is something built into the algorithms that if you are not checking Facebook every 10 minutes, it's going to alert you. Oh, did you, you, did you know that you missed somebody? They posted a picture of the pie that they were eating. I don't care. So-and-so checked in at blah, blah, blah. Have you ever been there? I don't, who cares? I, I'm not saying you have to get off of Facebook. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not even trying to go radical on you. I'm just saying get control of your life. Turn some notifications off. Quit being so distracted and find some time to spend with God. How can I do that, Pastor? Well, the first thing you have to do is shut off all that noise. You need to go around. If you're Dave and Buster's, you need to go around. Just go around turning all the games down. Just turn them all down until, until you actually can hear and have a conversation. And you say, how do I do that, though, in the spiritual? Well, the only way you can do that in your life is by fasting accompanied with prayer. <laughs> you know, ready to talk about fasting? Yeah! I've been waiting for this one all year, Pastor. Go ahead. Hit it home. No, no. There is nobody out there cheering for me to do a good job talking about fasting. Y'all hope that I will just mess this up really bad and say something because your flesh is like, you know, Pastor, I don't think so. I don't really think I need to fast. I mean, I do talk to God every once in a while. When we fast food or other things that we rely or depend on so heavily, we are sending a message to our flesh that we will not be controlled by human desires. That's why your human desires are like, tell him to shut up. 
Here's my question. Will we make room for what God wants to speak into our lives? Will we? If we will, then we're going to have to fast. When was the last time that you denied your flesh something that it really wanted so that you could get closer to God? It didn't even have to be a bad thing. You just said, you know what? I'm not having any caffeine today or I'm not having any food for the next, you know, two, three meals because I want to just, I want to just get focused on God. I want to take time away. I want to, you know, did did you know that if you fast food, here's what, here's what it will do. Number one, your body will pay attention like the very first meal you miss, even before the first meal you miss, it'll be like, hey, don't you know there's a meal coming up? And your body's like, come on, come on, what are we going to eat? What are we going to eat? And everybody will bring stuff into work that day. They'll have specials at school. I mean, all kind of stuff. And, And you're like, come on, really? Like, Any other day, nobody brings donuts. Today, four people brought donuts. What is wrong with you people? Did the devil tell you I was fasting or something? I really believe the devil does. I believe he does. I I think even people get their donuts paid forward when they buy it for people who are going to be. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You walk in there and there's that big glazed donut. The one that has the sprinkles and the pink on it. Oh, it's like, oh, man, it's going to be a good... I'm fasting today. When was the last time you said, you know what, I'm fasting today? Fasting, this is what will happen, though, when you don't have to worry about your meals for that day or for the next two or three meals. You got extra time now. Because now you don't have to go somewhere and get your food. Now you don't have to prepare the food and clean up after. Now you got extra time, unless you're a mom and then. Oh, well, all that goes out the window. Uh, sorry, moms. <laughs> I know I'm with you. I feel for you. We're going to figure this out, okay? But for most of us, what it means, because, you know, I, and I'm not saying that you can't have your kids fast too, but don't ever let it be said that I said starve your two-year-old from the pulpit because that would not be appropriate. Some, yes, they did declare a fast in the scripture, and yes, everybody in the family and all of the livestock, they all went on a fast. So yes, it is scriptural. I'm not saying can't do it. I'm just saying use wisdom. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, yes, and you, uh, yeah, anyways. Uh, so pray. Take time. Don't just fast, because if you're just fasting, then it's just starving yourself. I mean, and you might as well just call it dieting. I'm going on a diet. I've got a friend, and he does intermittent fasting. That's what he called it. I'm doing intermittent fasting. So he fasts so many meals a day, and he eats only certain meals, and then he eats only certain things. It's really good for you. It's, I mean, it's awesome for you. But don't do that and call it fasting. That's, that's like a diet. That's like a getting yourself more in shape or whatever. You want to call that, that's fine, but that's not a spiritual thing. Okay, you can combine the two if you want. That's fine. The only way that you can do that, though, is by adding prayer to your fasting. I'm taking this time away from whatever it is, God, because I want to hear from you. And I'm not trying to be extra about this, but I want to ask you, how many of you will take at least one day a week throughout the rest of the month of February? So starting this week and every week in February, you'll take one day a month, or one day a week, I'm sorry, for each of these weeks this month, and you'll say, I will fast one day. Now, it doesn't have, I'm not saying it has to be the whole day. I'm not saying it has to be everything. I'm not saying, you, you, I'm going to let you def- find out you and God, okay? But how many of you will fast one day a week for the rest of February? All right, good, good, thank you. Now, somebody said, Pastor, everybody fasts in January. Are we going to fast in January? I said, no, we're going to fast in February. It goes together, February fast. 
that we work fast. So those two go together, right? No, we are trying to get focused on God. February fasting for focus on God. And we're going to have a greater focus on God by the end of February. So this is what we're going to do. I'm not going to hand out guides. I'm not, hand, I'm not going to ask you to, uh, you know, uh, go look up and read this whole book and then tell me what that says. And then that's how you do your fast. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, do this. Today, pray about it and ask God, God, what do you want me to give up? this week? What is it that I need? To, is it food? Is it media? Is it my phone? Is it coffee? Is it desserts? Is you know Whatever it is, whatever that you can deny yourself for that day. And I want you to take time that day to pray, God, I want to be, I want to have a closer connection with you. I want our connection to be so much easier and our relationship to get so much better. And Pray about it and ask for, for God to tell you how much you should give up and for how long. And then, here's a novel idea, just do it. And just do it. Don't post about it on Facebook. Don't complain to your life group about it. Don't be bad-mouthing the pastor to your friend. But, oh, my pastor's making me fast. You know some of you do. I'm telling you, every time we call the fast around here, like everybody loves me right before the fast and after the fast is over. During the fast, they're a little cranky with me. They're like, yeah, you called this. This, was on, this is on you. Uh, don't, don't, don't try to, to, to make a big thing. Just do it and just get closer to God. Just say, God, I want to spend time with you because fasting has a way of pulling us out of worldly thinking. And prayer is the mechanism, the, the vehicle that will help us sync up with God's thoughts and his desires. So in addition to our focus on fasting, our focus uh, in February of fasting, I want us to have corporate prayer and praise at 7 p.m. on every Saturday for the rest of February. So every Saturday night, we'll be here. We'll have prayer and praise. We'll be here at 7 p.m. I hope that you can come. If you can't come, you can bring your kids. Let them scream and holler. It'll add to the effect. Just let, let's have a good time of prayer and praise. I, I'm not worried. There's not going to be a super tight format or anything like that. Uh, don't expect, you know, chandeliers to be swinging. I, I just want us to come and pray together. And if you don't show up, we're not going to think you're a, a rank sinner. We just will pray for you while we're there, okay? So that's it. That's all I'm going to say. Saturday night, 7 p.m., rest of the month. I want everybody to come. Stay a few moments. Stay as long as you can. But let's read, and I want us to, I'm going I'm to try to move quickly here. This passage of Scripture has really stuck out to me, and this is where we're going to be uh, kind of going. Exodus 33, verses 12 to 22. And this is, I'm reading out of the New King James. This is the story about Moses speaking to the Lord, and he says, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore... Moses says to God, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider this nation is your people. And he said, God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. I don't want to go anywhere, God, without your presence. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight. And I know you by name. 
And he said, please show me your glory. And God says to him, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock. And I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. I want you to notice a few things, and I want to get quickly here to the end, but Moses is used to having these kind of conversations with God. Moses has a real relationship with God. Uh, Moses goes up to the mountain. He's having these conversations with God. The first time he goes up, God gives him, you know, we, we understand God gives him Ten Commandments. He comes back down. The people are sinning. He gets mad, crushes Ten Commandments, and, you know, it, 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 judgment falls, right? And so then he goes back up, and... and um, <laughs> Moses like, uh, God, um, so that tablet that you gave me, I broke it. And uh, uh, what do I do now? And he's like, well, you're going to have to find your own iPad. You know, <laughs> I gave you the last one. This one's on you, buddy. No, but he did. He did give them to him again, but he made him put them out, right? And we know that, but then he's having these conversations with God. And, and, and I like how Moses talks to God. If you want to really do a study of, of praying, look at how Moses and God communicate, right? Moses is having this communication with God. And when we get used to having regular communication, we can ask God for anything. We can ask him for more of his presence in our life. We can ask him for more of his glory and that he would reveal his glory in our life. And so we seek his presence. That's what we're asking for. We, we ask for his glory, but we, we sometimes don't really do that. We ask God for health. We ask God for blessings. We ask God for financial miracles. We ask God, you know, fix this, fix that, take care of that over there. And we're, we're asking all these things, but we're not necessarily asking for the glory of God to be revealed in our lives. What do we want? What do we want most? We want God to fix this and take care of that. And we want God to make this better. We want a nicer car, a, a better house. We want a, a better things for our family. And, and, and we pray about a lot of these things. And we pray a lot of selfish prayers about, God, uh, would you do this? And, and because we know if he does it, it's going to be better for us. And God, would you fix this over here? Because if he fixes it, man, it's going to be so much smoother in our family. When was the last time you said, God, I'm not going anywhere without you, and I want you to show me your glory. I don't want to take another step today. I don't want to leave this house today without your presence in my life. Amen? And if you're like me, amen, you, you are probably not happy with your current prayer life. So I want to simplify prayer in the next few moments, and I want to give you five quick ways that you can grow in your alone time with God. If you want to write these down or take a note in your phone, that's fine. But, but here's five quick ways that you can grow this week in your alone time with God. Number one is pick a time and place. I know we can pray anywhere, anytime. We've got grace and mercy, and it's awesome, and we're so thankful for it. And I know you can pray in the grocery line. You can pray while you're waiting to pick up your kid at school. You can pray on your way to work. Well, that's fine. We've got all these wonderful times that we can pray, and you should pray whenever and wherever God prompts you to. But can I tell you, you need to pick a time that can be about the same almost every day. Whether it's in the morning, or it's at noon, or it's in the evening, you need to spend a, a few concentrated minutes in prayer and just talking to God. 
have communication with him. And I don't know, I don't know if it's maybe you have a long drive to work or maybe you don't have a long drive, or maybe you have a long lunch break or maybe there's just a time that it's almost every day it's the same. Find a time to meet with him. If you were trying to uh, uh, talk to somebody that you, you really liked, if they would make time for you on their schedule, how many of you would like to have a conversation uh, with, with somebody that's really important? Anybody like to have a conversation with somebody really important? Maybe uh, if, if you're in the Army, maybe it's a certain general that you know could advance your career. If you're in a job, maybe it's the CEO. You'd like to spend some time with the CEO. Uh, if you're just a, a normal person and, you know, you, you've got certain people that you like, maybe you want to talk to the governor, you want to talk to the president, you'd like to talk to first lady or something, maybe there's somebody special. Can you imagine how you would feel if they called you and said, hey, I've got a 30-minute spot available for you? You would probably play, pay for a plane ticket. You would do whatever you had to do to be able to make that 30-minute appointment. You know? I've heard of people that uh, they, they were could have an hour of being mentored by somebody like Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan or LeBron James, and, and they would move heaven and earth to get there for that appointment because they were going to be advanced. They were going to be further because of that relationship that they built with them, that communication that they had with them. And here we have an opportunity. We can schedule any time of the day or night with the one who knows everything, who sees everything. Amen. He created everything. He has power over everything. You talk about somebody that can move things in your life, and we've got time. We can spend time with him anytime. Why wouldn't we schedule some time with him every day? Amen. When will you ask? Ask is the key word, but when will you ask? Set the time daily. This is one of the reasons why we pick Saturday to have a corporate time of prayer, because, you know, people are busy on these days and that days and those days, and we've got life groups meeting and uh, a little bit of everything. So we said, hey, let's do Saturdays in February, 7 p.m. Number two, listen, don't just speak. I have had conversations that were very awkward for me. And a lot of these times, these conversations go like this. I start talking to somebody, and I say a couple things. And then for the next hour or two, they are talking. It's more convenient when I'm on the phone with them because then I can actually go ahead and do something else and just I can be listening to them, but they just keep talking. I mean, I'm not, there, it comes to a place where I even quit saying, mm-hmm, yeah, okay, uh-huh. But they just keep talking. How weird of a conversation is it if you have a conversation with somebody and all they do is talk and they never stop talking? You, you're like, waiting for them to finish their sentence, waiting for them to take a breath, and they don't. <laughs> Y'all elbowing each other. I see you. Some of you husbands, you think that's, I'm talking about your wife. I'm not talking about your wife. I am not. So how do you think God feels whenever we come to him and we're, we're asking him things for hours at a time, and we never take time to just stop and listen? We just need to listen sometimes. One of the things that we need to learn early on about our prayer, uh, you know, you think about scheduling time without your phone, without your iPad, without your computer, uh, nobody else around you. You're like, it's just going to be really quiet, just me and my Bible and a pad of paper. That's really, well, guess what? Don't put all the pressure on yourself because if it's a conversation, you're going to talk and he's going to talk. Now, if you don't give him a chance to talk, 
he may not talk or you may not hear him over the sound of your own talking. Well, that's another. God knows everything that you need. So what is there? I mean, yes, he tells us to ask, but he already knows everything that you're going to ask. He wants us to ask because, because when we verbalize things with our mouth, it, it really it helps our mind to, to wrap around what we really need and what we're talking about. But he wants us to ask because when he, he said when we ask, then we can receive. And he wants you to receive, but what you need to do sometimes is just listen. Listen so that you can receive. On any given day, God may choose to move or speak in some unexpected way through His Spirit. He may bring something to your mind. He may alter some circumstance or say something through a friend. But the, the main way that God speaks to us is the only trustworthy way that we know that we can hear His voice. The Scripture says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given by inspiration or God breathed. Every scripture is God breathed. Every scripture came from the mouth of God for you and I. So when you ask, listen for a response. Number three, pray prayer circles. God, I love you. I thank you. I'm so glad. No, it's not talking about walking in circles while you pray. And it's not even talking about holding hands and kumbaya. It's not even those kind of circles. It's talking about how do you pray? How do you stay focused in prayer? Well, I pray prayer circles. My first prayer circle is me. Because if my soul's not saved, I have no business. I have no right to try to help anybody else be saved. If there's sin in my life, if there's uh, hatred, greed, if there's envy, lust, if there's things in there that shouldn't be in there, I, I need to pray. I need to get my soul right first. Some of you are like, I always pray for my kids first. Or I always pray for... You know, this for, no, you need to pray for yourself. You need to hear from God. If there's stuff that's not right in your life, you need to hear from God for you. And then I pray for my wife. I pray for different things I pray for each day, but I, I, I pray prayers for my wife, and then I pray for my kids. And then I pray for our families. I'll pray for my parents, and I pray for my wife's parents, and I pray for my extended family. And then I pray for our life group, and I, I think of the families in our life group and the kids that are in our life group, and I pray for them. And then I pray for our church, and I, I think about all the different people that are in our church. And, and sometimes I go through a list, and I'm not saying I check you all off, but sometimes I go through a list because I don't want to miss anybody. But then there's other times when you're just being a, a stinker, and God brings you to my mind, and so then that's the day that I really pray for you because I'm like, oh, God, what is going on with so-and-so? Can, can you help me to help them give me wisdom? I, I, I want you to touch them today, open up their eyes, whatever I have to pray, and then that's what I pray. So I pray for the church, and then I pray for the nation. And I'm, God, touch our leaders, give our, our leaders wisdom, help our Congress and our Senate and our uh, executive branch. God, touch all of our, uh, our state leaders. I'm praying for the nation. And then if I, if I can get to that place, then I'm usually trying to pray for the missionaries and for the nations, and especially the nations that I've left part of my heart in. I'm praying for those. God, would you reach the lost? Would you help? build churches? Would, would you let people come to know you and guide the missionaries? All these things that we pray, and I'm trying to give it all to you in like five minutes, but uh, this is what, what I do. I try to get to the unreached in the world, and God, help us to reach the lost that have never heard about you. And then I 
sometimes we'll pray for other things, but those are my prayer circles. That, that's how I pray. Me, then my wife and my kids, and then my, my, my wife's parents and my parents, and then uh, my life group, and then the church, and, and I keep on going. Now, some people are saying, well, pastor, why would you do that? I'm not saying you, you couldn't pray for a random stranger that you just met. There, there, there's, there's consistent people, uh, and there's people in my life that I really believe they're going to be in my life, and God put them in my life, and they're very important to me. If prayer is the most important thing that I can do, why wouldn't I want to focus to do that for the people that are important to me? Well, try praying prayer circles. I don't know if I can do that. Just try it. Just give it a try. I'm not saying you have to be perfect. Just give it a try and be willing. If somebody comes along, pray for their needs as well. I'm not saying you can't. Ask God for the people that he has placed in your life. You need to take some time and not just petition for yourself, but then ask God for those people, what God wants for you. Some of you, I've already bored you. I've already lost you, and you think, I know everything about prayer. Okay, good. Maybe next week you can teach. My, my next point, number four, would be stop and pray now. Because you can pray anywhere, right? Several years ago, I had a friend. We, we stopped and talked. This was the first time this happened. And I said, hey, you know, we caught up. And I said, hey, would you pray with me about something? And he was like, absolutely. And I was thinking, well, he's, he's a preacher, so he's going to be like, I'm going to take this home. When he gets home, his prayer closet, he's like, okay, God, uh, you remember AJ had a request, and I'm praying for AJ's request right now. And that's what I was thinking he was going to do. No, you know what he did? He was like, hey, can we pray about this right now? Um, sure, absolutely. So right there in the middle of the coffee shop, we just prayed. It's like, wow, that's pretty cool. I, 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 don't, I don't think that I really thought about it too much, but then it really hit home to me. Why don't we just stop and pray when somebody says, hey, would you pray with me? So from that point until now, I'll pray with people anywhere. I, I, last year, I, I told them earlier, I said last year, I prayed for somebody in a men's bathroom. And I said, if they can pray, if they can talk on their phone with their earpieces in the stall, I can pray in the middle of the men's bathroom. That's, that's perfectly legit, okay? I pray for people in the middle of Walmart, and there's tears streaming down their face. I prayed with one lady one time at a Kroger, and she started speaking in tongues. I was like, okay, all right, this is good. You never know what God's going to do. You know, and, and, and I just think if we'll stop and pray right now, what you're doing is you're saying, God, this day is about you. We're just focused. We're focused on you. We're going to just stop right now and say, you have reign. You have preeminence. You have uh, the rule here in this. And so take that prompting of the Spirit. And, and, I, and I, I just tell you something right now. If you feel an urge to pray with somebody or an urge to just stop and pray right now, that's not the devil. And it sure enough ain't your flesh. That is a Holy Spirit prompting. You need to follow that. Amen? It's, the devil's not going to tell you to pray. Your flesh is not going to say, hey, let's pray and see if we can. You no. Know, you, you need to just stop because the Holy Spirit's working on you. And if you'll stop, if you'll listen, you'll ne you never know what will happen. Amen? Just stop and take a moment and ask now. Don't wait until you get home. Amen. Number five, and I'm done. The last one is spiritual over circumstantial. A lot of times we pray for things like so-and-so's got a broken arm, let's pray for his arm to recover, and we, we pray for uh, so-and-so needs a financial miracle, and, and, and we pray this, and we, we're praying for all these things, but uh, Paul says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, right? Not against 
bodies and, and, and human powers. He said we, 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 we wrestle against the rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over present darkness, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Life for us is mainly about unseen realities. Okay, let me see if I can, you know, try to make this a little easier. At the end of the day, what matters most is what happens to each and every one of us on an emotional and spiritual level, not the physical and not the circumstantial. I've seen people, and, and, and some of you know this, I've seen people that have come to healing services and they've been healed and they walked away and they never had a relationship with God after that. I've seen people that God, they, they were blessed financially. God blessed them. They prayed for a financial blessing. God blessed them. And then they never darkened the doors of the church until they're carted down in the casket to the front of the church. I've seen it happen. So while I'm not against praying for people to be healed, and I'm not against praying for uh, people to be financially blessed, and I'm not against praying for God to give that person this job and, and, and take care of it. I'm not against those things. But what I really want us to focus on is the spiritual matters over everything else. I want to pray for people's souls to be saved. Amen. We shouldn't just tack those, those needs on to the end of our prayer. We need to pray for those people. God, give us divine appointments. Reach those people. God, speak to those people. Draw those people by your spirit because we want your will to be accomplished. Amen. And you can start that today. You can put the, the spiritual over the physical. Because what each and every one of us need the most is for our souls to be saved. You know what? I, I, I hope that nothing happens to my children. But I would rather them go out of this life with a broken arm or, or, or missing a limb or something tragic that happened to them, but them go into eternity with their souls saved. I, I would much rather them be saved than anything else. Because all that, all the things about our physical body, that's all we're going to put on immortal bodies. We're going to put on heavenly bodies, glorious bodies. So the things we worry about with our body, the things that we worry about with our finances, I don't want to focus on those things so much that I miss the spiritual and my children and my family and my church and my community souls being saved. Jesus tells us very plainly, and I'm finishing, you stand. Jesus tells us very plainly in Luke eleven thirteen, if we, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto our children, how much more will our heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? That's what spiritual focus is, is, is all about. It's not about the things. It's about the gift that he wants to give us. It's about the salvation of our souls. And if we'll take a moment, amen, he says, if you'll ask, you will receive. So how do I get there? How do I get there? What, what, what is it that I'm supposed to do? Well, Peter told us, and if I could just break it down very quickly, we got to turn from everything that we've been doing our way. Everything that we've been doing and said, you know what, I know that God would like me to probably do things differently, but I'm going to do this my way. You've got to turn from that and say, God, I want to do things your way. I want to do things your way. If, if there's something in your word that makes it clear, makes it plain for me, I'm going to follow that, not what I think, not lean to my own understanding. And so we turn from the things that we've been doing our way and we've been going against what we know God wants for our life. And we surrender our lives to God completely. And then we can be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and have all of our sins 
all of our past washed away. And if we will ask him, the scripture just said it, we just read it. If we will ask him, he will give us his spirit. His spirit, his power living on the inside of us to help us every day. So today, if you want more of God in your life, you know what you need to do? We sing an old song. Sister Judy, I think you probably remember it. I want more of Jesus, more and more and more. I want more of Jesus than I've ever had before. I want more of his great love, so rich and full and free. I want more of Jesus, so I'll give him more of me. If you want more of Jesus today, you only need to take the time to communicate with him. He is standing ready. He is waiting. Amen. He, he is like the prodigal's father that is standing waiting. And when he sees us coming, the scripture gives us a clear indication that he, the father runs and he embraces him and he uh, dresses him and he gives him the best robe and he puts the best shoes on his feet. Why? Because he came to his father. You got to take some time today to communicate with him. I want a lot of things in life. I'd like for a lot of things to be different. I want a lot of things to be changed. I, I'd like for, uh, you know, some things to happen. But you know what? What I need more than anything, what I need more than a better resolution on the, 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 the lawsuit about these goofy trusses, what I need more than everybody that's been sick over the last two weeks to get healed in this church, what I need more than anything, I want the glory of God to fill our life. I want the glory of God to fill our community, to fill our church. God, would you show us your glory? And the only way we're going to see his glory is if we said, we won't go anywhere without your presence. We won't take another step unless you're in it, God. And so today, amen, what I need more than anything is I want more of him. So in order to have more of him, i got to give up me. i got to get myself off the throne of my life dethrone AJ and put Jesus back up there and say, Jesus, you're in control. Whatever you want, that's what goes. Well, that's not popular. No. Notice how quiet it got when I said that. Because we don't want anybody telling us what to do, but Jesus says, look, if you'll give me a chance, I've got life and that more abundantly. I've got the money. It will blow your mind what I want to do in your life. And so today, as I open up this altar, it's a challenge. I know. I, I realized preaching the last message first, I must have lost my mind. But, but I want to see the glory of God. I want the glory of God in this church more than ever before. And the only way it's possible is if I start communicating with Him and letting Him communicate with me. If we'll corporately, as a, as a church and individually, if we'll make time for God and we'll make more focus for God in our lives. If you would today, I want to just challenge you. Find a place to pray. Why don't you talk to God and say, God, I'm going to get some things figured out. If there's some sin in my life, if I've been holding a grudge, if, if I've got some things that I've been doing my own way, I'm going to lay that down today. And I'm going to open up those, the, the lines of communication. I want, to, I want to give you full reign of my life again. And if you'll do that, I promise you, he'll meet you in a sweet way. And today, before you leave, you can leave here, amen, a lot lighter than you came in. You can leave here with joy and peace and hope back in your life. And he will communicate with you. Amen. You might not even make it all the way out to your car. And he may whisper something in your ear. He may tell you, man, I love you. I'm so glad that you made that step today. He may tell you, I I've got so many great things for you. We're going to have a great week together. I hope that God speaks to you plainly today. And that when you leave here, you're like, man, I needed that. 
this altar's open. You can either look at me or you can look to him. He's the one that has the answers. He's the one that can solve your problems. He's the one that can fill your life with his glory. Why don't you take some time with him today?